Hello and welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast with me, Jacob Granger. This week we talk to Tom Standage from The Economist, who talks to us about his exciting new collaborative project with Seth Stevenson and Slate, The Secret History of the Future. We chat about the challenges and benefits of collaborating from across the Atlantic Ocean. But first, a quick word from Caroline on our upcoming News Rewired conference. Hi everyone, it's Caroline here. I just thought I'd jump in to tell you there's eight weeks to go until our next digital journalism conference on November the 7th and it's going to be jam-packed with workshops, panel discussions and presentations about the latest tools, trends and techniques in digital journalism. We've got a whole heap of topics on the agenda including how to get Generation Z engaged with news, why artificial intelligence can benefit your newsroom and the latest methods to verify content in the age of fake news. You can head over to newsyourwire.com to see the full agenda and of course, get subscribed to our newsletter. And if you're able to get out of the office for two days, journalism.co.uk will be hosting a full day of training the day before the conference, running two hands-on workshops at the Bridge in London. Get your Newsy Wired Plus ticket today. The nice thing about this series is it sort of uh, brings together all of the stuff I've been writing about uh, for the past 20 years. Meet Tom Standage, Deputy Editor and Head of Digital Strategy at The Economist. When his journalism career began over 20 years ago, driven by a background in computer science and a passion for the past, Tom started writing about technological developments through the lens of history. An early piece on the Victorian internet blossomed into a fully-fledged book, and to this day he is still pursuing the fusion of past and present. A more recent book on the first 2,000 years of social media still has Tom reaching for a historical analogy to contextualise modern-day advancements. It's his recent collaborative project which comes into focus today, The Secret History of the Future. My entire career as a journalist and a writer involves telling the same joke over and over again. Uh, and um, you know, I only have one joke, but I like to think I tell it quite well. And what this um, series does uh, is it brings that whole idea to life as a podcast. And each episode looks at a historical story or innovation um, that illuminates a modern technology and where that technology might go. The first episode of this fascinating podcast series looks to tie together two unlikely events in history. What does an 18th century chess playing machine and modern day Amazon have in common? Well, I won't be giving out any spoilers by telling you it's something to do with artificial intelligence. Yet, the even more intriguing part of this project is that it is a combined effort between The Economist and Slate, the US-based web magazine. Co-hosting with Seth Stevenson, the pair explore the topic through interviews and analogies. Tom explains that the decision to tag team is one born out of a strategic effort to delve deeper into the North American market. Current US circulation figures suggest that The Economist are 500,000 readers short of where they want to be based on their UK engagement. Like moves into social videos and Snapchat Discover, podcast aims to bring new audience to The Economist and increase brand awareness. Tom explains that despite US polls indicating strong trust towards The Economist, people still think it is either just a finance or science publication or just unaware they exist. So the transatlantic partnership with Slate is a vehicle to change that perception and dip into the US podcast hotbed. But Tom also explains that it was a match made to work as they have like-minded goals and aspirations. They have a very similar sort of view of the world to us. Uh, editorially, I think it's a very good brand fit. And they are very, very good at making these narrative uh, podcast series, things like Slow Burn. 
And that's not a format that we've ever really done. We haven't done these big kind of, you know, 10 part series, um, which are very, very highly produced and we spend weeks on each episode and so on. Uh, and we wanted to try out that format. One thing audiences will notice upon tuning in is the connection between Seth and Tom, joking and speaking as if in the same room. But with an Atlantic Ocean between them, what were the practicalities involved to overcome that obstacle? I mean, I went over to New York for a week um, last month, for example, and then I've done sort of a couple of two or three day stints over there. And we just get so much more done when I'm there and I'm, we just go into the studio and we're just in the studio all day listening to things, editing, discussing, re-recording. I have spent several days where I have been in our studio from 2 p.m. till 6 p.m. Um, linked up with them in Brooklyn and, and working on this. But four hours a day is not the same as doing this for eight hours a day. That's obviously one challenge, which is collaborating with someone in a different country. But technology has just made all of that much, much easier. Editorially, I don't, I don't think we've really had any problems here. I mean, um, you know, we are very aligned on what we're trying to do um, and how we're trying to do it and the sort of kinds of stories we want to tell. Tom outlines that the general idea for an episode is to have a topic with both a historical and modern day focus, and then to have a swerve moment. When it comes to scripting and structure, how do Tom and Seth snowball ideas? So in each case, we kind of sat down and said, okay, we know what the historical story is, we know what the modern story is, we know what the swerve is. Um, and then we would identify which guests we wanted, and we would you know, go and um, interview those people, and then we could start to put together a script. We're doing all of the scripting in Google Docs, which means that when we're sitting in, um, in our studios on opposite sides of the Atlantic, we can be literally editing the, you know, the, um, the, the narration and the stuff that we want. Uh, and we can all see it at the same time because it's all a live Google Doc. And Trint is fantastic because you copy and paste the bits of the audio that you want and it pastes them into the script with the time code. So the editor knows where the, the particular bit you want is. So there's a lot of then back and forth with kind of, is this the right structure? Is this the right part of the interview? For me, it's been um, very instructive because the podcasts that we make at The Economist tend to be much more fast turnaround. You know, this thing has happened. What's our take on it? What's our analysis of it? And then we put out the podcast, you know, either later that day or the next day. So to spend two or three weeks, or in some cases, a couple of months, uh, working on, a, on an episode, really, really refining it, um, has been a different and very, very uh, interesting and exciting and educational process. Tom is keen to list all the benefits that come with joining forces. So what for him was the main advantage of working with Seth's team? Yeah, well, I think it's that they have experience in making this, this kind of show. So obviously that's something we could have tried to do it ourselves, um, and I'm sure we could have got there, but it would have taken us longer. So working with people who were very experienced, these are people who have worked on these kinds of series before. There's institutional knowledge within Slate, um, not just about how you make podcasts like Slow Burn and, and um, you know, these longer form narrative podcasts, but also how you promote them, how you launch them, how you cross promote them with other podcasts. They just really have this stuff down. Um, so it's been extremely instructive for us to be able to sort of see how they do it. They have a different advertising model to us. The way that Slate does this, it has this big, big roster of advertisers and it can kind of match up advertisers with podcasts and it's got enough volume on both sides that it can do that. We don't. So again, that means they can monetize this podcast in a way that we can't and they, we can justify spending much more making it. And on the other side of the coin, what did he feel were the main things his team was bringing to the table? I think the main thing um, we're bringing is my... Um, sort of back catalogue, as it were. I've written all these books, uh, some of which have been bestsellers, uh, on the history of science and technology and what that can tell us today. And when we met Slate 
uh, and started talking to them about this. And we said, well, what possible areas could we do this in? Uh, they immediately liked the idea of doing this kind of history meets the future, you know. So getting me on board for that, I think, was a part of it. Um, and then obviously, you know, we are bringing the power, of the endorsement of The Economist brand. And I think that was attractive to them as well. We've got a producer uh, here as well, and she has a background in making kind of Radio 4 documentary series. Um, so I think if you put all those things together, we are bringing things to the table, they're bringing things to the table, and everybody is happy with that deal. So we were able to move forward with the partnership. Tom looks to the future and suggests that partnerships are the answer. As for the next instalments of The Secret History of the Future, the only hints he could give me were forks, umbrellas, Walkmans and Japanese toilets. Puzzled? Or tune in yourself to find out how these play a part in societal advancements. Before we go, just a quick word from Jasmine on our jobs board. Hi, Jasmine from the Jobs Board here to let you know about all the amazing opportunities we have available and how to find them. We advertise a wide range of jobs from trainee journalists to senior sub-editor at companies such as Mail Online, Sportsbeat and HuffPost. We make sure that all our job postings are clear and jargon-free and you can search them by job type, location and salary range. Go on to journalism.co.uk to find out more and follow at Journalism Jobs on Twitter. That wraps up this week's podcast on journalism.co.uk. I want to thank Tom Standage from The Economist for taking the time to speak to us. I do hope you enjoyed listening in from home or on the commutes. Let us know what exciting projects you are working on. Get in touch with us on Twitter at Journalism News. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time. <laughs>